The Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. It is not good. It is not good. In the second chapter of Genesis, we hear God describe something as not good for the very first time. Up until now, God has seen everything God has made as good, and sometimes even very good. All that God has created has been perfect, and now something is not good. Up until this point, God is completely responsible for the state of the world. Remember that this isn't after the fall of humanity, it is before. Why then is something God created being called not good? What exactly is the problem which God intends to correct? I think the passage tells us the man was alone. God didn't design human beings to live in solitude. It makes me think about the questions we have as part of our stewardship this year about how a cathedral is called to show God's intentions for humanity, to help us see each other as our true companions. What does it mean to be stewards, those who take care of humanity? And how do we hold an open space for the loving kindness that God intends for us. We, like God, are relational beings. Remember, in the beginning of creation, it was a literal paradise of fulfilling relationships as God, in an unhindered way, walked with God's created in the garden. And they enjoyed the fullest experience of intimacy with each other. So I wonder, where did the loneliness come from? How did the demon of loneliness that haunts so many of our hearts today alienate us from the other that we so desperately need? You know, as the story of Genesis unfolds, we see the damage of alienation that's haunting the landscape of life. And we see hiding, and we see fear, and we see disobedience driving a wedge into this flawless intimacy. And we see deep fellowship on every satisfying level being replaced with blame and distrust and shame. While that is all a lesson for another day, it is a huge lesson. And it's a lesson about living for what's best for me while ignoring the needs and wishes and interests of others. Because that always brings alienation and loneliness. You know, God provides us a way to intimacy. God provides us opportunities to live and to love, and to serve others. And clearly, the way is Jesus. God provides a place 
where aloneness can give way to intimacy and our self-serving acts of alienation can dissolve into bonding that can beautifully re-engage us one to another and to model what it means to be vulnerable. And that place is here. That place is Trinity Cathedral. You know, cathedrals have two overriding sets of responsibilities. Internally, within the church, we're centers of worship and prayer. We're gathering places and we're the hub of our diocese. And externally, we welcome visitors and guests. And we're stewards of key assets of our Anglican heritage. And we provide access for personal reflection. We engage in public conversations and events about the well-being and flourishing of humanity. And all of this is backed by a range of secular initiatives and acts of service. More generally, I like to think of the cathedral as an oasis of delight. A place where beauty can be heard and seen, savored and absorbed because we play an iconic part in our cityscape. And we're supported by a very large cross-section of the population of the valley, but we are constantly having to balance this internal and external, this diocesan and parish and maintenance and mission and membership and discipleship. Seeking that balance, I will tell you, it's work. It's work to hold open and care for a space for all who wish to encounter the living God. To be stewards of this place, it is ministry and it is work. It is good work and it is worthy and it is of value. Because cathedrals are places that welcome and encourage. And we welcome and encourage those who wish to support the institution, who are sometimes content for the demands on them to be kept intentionally low, to come and go with a level of measured anonymity, and for whom that is just fine. For a cathedral must have members, and we are grateful for them, because we, like God, are relational beings. But cathedrals must also be a place for disciples who see themselves as active participants in the church's ministry. Those who seek to build themselves up into a stronger body of Christ in order to better meet the needs of a wider world in which they feel deeply involved. And we must be a place that models that and encourages it. People to be deepening a covenantal relationship with God through commitment. Commitment of time and talents and, yes, finances. That God has entrusted to us because we, like God, are relational beings. You all know Trinity Cathedral is a vibrant and creative house of God that is tackling challenges at all levels. And for me, it is inspiring 
to see the intentionality in the recent years that we've engaged in this community. I know I've been here since November. I was only six miles up the street. I watched what was going on down here. And while we maintain a Christian worship at the heart of who we are, I've experienced firsthand the range of events and services and activities that we provide. And we're being called to do more. We're being called to be more. We're being called to make a deeper commitment to proclamation of the gospel, or what we commonly term social justice, interfaith relations, pastoral care. We're being called to be more of a source of strength and collaboration and comfort for all in our community, regardless of faith background. We're being called to be drivers of tourism and the local economy and to be a bastion of Anglican heritage. It's hard work being a cathedral. And we are working hard. We're working hard to encourage people to step inside and make use of our buildings and our campus as part of their local space because that is tied very clearly to our Christian faith and the hospitality of centuries. And we're working hard to make the most of our cultural and religious heritage. We continue to be a place that supports the arts as visitors and guests enter and they are struck by the wealth of beauty and holiness within our walls and about the surrounds of our campus. Across the communion, cathedrals are at the heart of the community, and Trinity is no different. We're at the center of an urban hub, and we're being called to play a key role in bringing our local community closer together. We, like God, are relational beings. I believe we're being called to be very bold and be a very daring place, a place of risk, a place of reward, a place that is vulnerable and open, a place that asks, who are we? Who are we in this community? What are we being called into within our relationship with God? Where's our passion? And how do we want to express being a Christian in relationship to the rest of our world? I believe we are culturally in a place where we are hearing the voice of a weeping God saying, it is not good. It's not good. It's not good that my beloved creatures are in pain, all of them. It's not good. My beloved are to experience joy and goodness. And my beloved have become absolutists. My beloved believe that all Republicans are laughing at all Democrats. And all Democrats want all Republicans out of the church. We believe that all whites are stepping on the necks of all blacks. And that all blacks want to kill all the police. We believe that all women are working in workplaces where all of them are being denigrated by all men. And that's not the way we are going to get to where God is calling us. 
God is calling us to be with all people. God is calling us to be for all people. A cathedral is the only place, the only place in the church where our polity calls us all members of the church. Bishops, priests, deacons, laity, all of us in this place to a regular order of prayer and action. All of us coming around the table of the cathedral because that's what a cathedral is. One way to describe that, I think, suggests that a cathedral is the fullest expression of the church in all its identity. And another would suggest that cathedrals have a unique 21st century opportunity to interrogate everything. To interrogate hierarchy, to interrogate reformation, to interrogate the way we live, the way we move, the way we have our being, along the lines of baptismal ecclesiology. That we do what we do because we respect the dignity of every human being. And that is what we are called to as a cathedral. And Trinity Cathedral is uniquely poised to address these challenges and these opportunities that are facing the world. We're embarking on a new act of imagination together. The principles of a vibrant cathedral mission and ministry are embedded in the bones of this place, in our very being. But we can only reclaim them if all of us, all of us who love, all of us who serve, all of us who lead, close our eyes and envision the beauty of that garden and that perfect, perfect world together. Because what's at stake is nothing less than the kingdom of God. Right here in this place where God has given us and entrusted us. And day in and day out, Trinity Cathedral is called to show the world who God really is. To share God's love with everyone, unconditionally. This is who we are. And we do our best week after week to bring the world closer to God's ideal of being together. We're being called to do more. We're being called to be more. Because we, like God, are relational beings. And the Lord God said, it is very good. 